0: So we're gonna be talking about communion today. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful way to end the year uh, as we uh, kind of bring 2018 to a conclusion. Uh, I think there probably could not be a better finish to the year than to gather uh, around the Lord's table, which we call communion. And uh, so I'm gonna ask you to open up your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, first book of the New Testament. Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, and as we kind of dive into this, uh, there's a couple of large picture things that I want to talk about. I won't have slides for these first couple of things, but first I want to paint a broad picture uh, about communion that most of us should already be aware of, and if not, then great, you're going to learn something from this this morning. But then after that, I want to I kind of point you to maybe a few lessons or ideas that we can take from communion that maybe sometimes you just pass over, maybe you've never even seen them. And so I want to point those out to you this morning as well. So let's go to, to the Lord together in prayer as we get started. Father, as we come to your word this morning, as we come to this time uh, of, of reflecting on what the word of God has to say to us, Lord, would you just cut through every distraction, everything that has been cycling through our minds and our spirits in in these last few days and this last week. And God, would you just center us right now? Just focus us us on the word of God and the, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart. God, reveal yourself to us in fresh ways, in new ways, in powerful ways, in convicting ways. And Lord, as we come to your table at the end of the service today, I I pray that it will be a time of of great joy and great thanksgiving in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let me make a couple of large sort of uh, big picture ideas and thoughts about uh, communion, and then I'll narrow it down a little bit from there. So first, two things, again, I won't have slides for these, Uh. Communion uh, in and of itself is, is a very important part of what we do as a body of believers. And there's two things that I want to point out to you about it first. First and foremost, communion is about the salvation of God and it is for God's people. It is about the salvation of God and it's for God's people. Now, let me make a quick comment about that because if you're here this morning and you don't know if, if you have come to Christ and received the forgiveness that leads to salvation, if you don't know that, then as we talk about this this morning, you're going you're gonna to understand that communion is not for you unless you have done this. But we're going to give you a chance to do this at the end of the service today. And I pray that if you find yourself wondering about this, that God will speak to you and open your eyes, open your ears, and bring that sense of need to your heart this morning. All right. So it's about God's salvation. Let me look at a couple of verses real quick at the beginning of chapter 26 of Matthew. Uh, Verse one, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Now, it's important that you understand that Jesus mentioned Passover for a very, very important and specific reason. The first communion that Jesus observed took place during the observance of communion. What's the big deal about that? All right, well, most of you here this morning, I would guess, know uh, the story of Exodus. Know the story of Moses. Uh, know the story of the Ten Commandments. And even if you don't know it well, you probably saw the movie, it comes on every Easter. You know, Moses, Moses. Um, the name of Moses shall be stricken from every obelisk. Um, So we won't do that, but you know that story, and this is what we're talking about. And this is the cool thing about the sovereignty of God. Moses, who was an Israelite, was raised as a child of Pharaoh. Then God pushed him out of the courts of Pharaoh to the backside of the desert. And then after several years in the desert of going, what in the world am I doing out here? God says, okay, now I'm gonna send you right back to where I had you grow up. Why? Because since he had grown up in the courts of Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the Pharaoh now, he grew up as Pharaoh's brother. And because of that, he had a way in And to see Pharaoh. Only God could work that out. And so God says, hey, Moses, I want you to go back because I want you to talk to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go who had been in slavery to the Egyptians for over 400 years. About time. So Moses goes back. Pharaoh says, not a chance. No way, no how. And they go through a series of nine different plagues. One after another, terrible situation, and just no way. I'm, the, I'm the, the leader of the strongest nation in the world. These are the people who do my bidding, and there is no way that I'm just going to let them walk out of here until the last plague. And on that last plague, Moses, at the direction of God, said, hey, Pharaoh, you need to know something. If you don't let my people go... Then tonight, the death angel will come over the land of Egypt and the firstborn, every firstborn is going to die. Every one of them. And there's only one way out of this is to sacrifice a lamb and paint the blood of that sacrificed lamb over the doorpost of your home. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you. That was an early picture of the salvation that God offers us through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shed his blood on that cross and we have to make a decision whether or not we will take the blood of the Lamb of God that was sacrificed on the cross and apply it to our own life. That is when we come to the Lord seeking personal forgiveness. Showing up to church, don't do it. Living in a good place, doesn't do it. A personal choice to apply the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of your life through a repentance and forgiveness, that is when God will pass over you. Amen. Right. And when that happened, all of God's people participated in that the egyptians did not the firstborn of every egyptian died including animals it was a horrendous night and finally pharaoh relented and said you can go and when they finally got away from egypt god instituted a celebration an annual celebration of the passover And for years and years and years and years, God's people had been celebrating something that had happened, which was actually, whether they understood it or not, pointing to something that would happen later. And now Jesus was on the scene with his disciples at Passover time. And he said, in two days, the Son of Man will be delivered to be crucified the son of man will be the lamb that will be sacrificed so that the blood of the lamb can be applied to your life so it's about God's salvation but it's also for God's people see the Egyptians didn't belong to God they would they resisted everything about who God was But God's people identified themselves by applying the blood over the door of their house. So God spared them because they were God's people. They had selected themselves to be God's people. Jesus, in this case, he fed thousands. You know those stories, right? He fed thousands on hillsides. Here, he's with 12 guys. 12 guys. You know why? Why? Because communion is for God's people. There are people that show up in church all the time, just like the feeding of the 5,000 on on the hillsides. Those people participated, but they weren't God's people. Some were, some weren't. There are people that show up at church every Sunday. Some are God's people, some aren't. We don't know, but God knows. And our prayer today is that you know, because you need to know. You need to know that you're God's people. How do you know? You know if you have repented and come to Christ and said, God, I receive your sacrifice and I apply the blood of the lamb to my life to cover my sin so that you will pass over me. This is for God's people. And if you're here this morning and you don't belong to this church, but you belong to God, You're in. And this is open for everybody that belongs to God. We don't card check here. But I urge you this morning, make sure you belong to God. Make sure, it's the most important decision, it's the most important choice you will ever make in your life. Make sure that you belong to God. All right? So, two big things that I think most everybody is aware of, but just in case you don't, Maybe you learned something there. Communion is about the salvation of God, and it's intended for God's people. Not everybody It's intended for God's people. All right, now, let me draw out a few lessons that maybe you've passed over sometimes or maybe not even noticed. All right, Uh, let's look in verse 26 of chapter 28, same chapter, just flip over to Verse 26, and we're going to read through verse 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, he blessed and broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission." Of sins, here's the point. Jesus was doing something new. Jesus was doing something new. Now, I know that most people, uh, and especially people in church, for some reason, more more people who think this way find themselves in church than any other place. But I would say even the majority of people in the general population, in the general public, like same old, same old. Don't really like change. Not a big fan of change. And I think we come to the church sometimes, and, and people who are Christians, they don't want change. And here's why. Because, well, I, my God says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is. Praise God for that. And because he is the same yesterday and today forever, I don't really like change. I don't think we should have change in church. Eh. Wrong. wrong When it says that God is the same yesterday, today, forever, you know what that means? That means the character of God never changes. The character of God always stays the same. You can count on it. Do you know that one part of the character of God is that God loves change. He loves new. He is always doing new stuff and new things. You go, "Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm buying that. Okay, fine. Let me take you through a few passages of Scripture that hopefully will help you see what I think God wants us to see this morning. Revelation, these will not be on the screen. You might want to just write them down. All of these I'll be referencing from the New King James except for one which I will reference from the NIV. So, Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things... Guess what the next word is? New. New. I make all things new. Then uh, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. This is from the NIV. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Good word there just by itself. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm doing a new thing. Isaiah 42:10. Sing to the Lord a, guess what kind of song? A new song say, Lord, a new song, but I like the old songs. Yeah. But sing to the Lord a new one. Why? Because God is always doing something new. Don't ever be satisfied for the same old, same old. God is always about doing something new in our life, in the life of a church. Sing to the Lord a new song, which shows you're recognizing the newness in your life. Let him know. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Wow. All things haven't become old? No. All things have become new. He's doing something new in you. Lamentations. I love love this passage of scripture. Lamentations three twenty two through twenty three. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are what new, new. every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Over and over and over again, we see in the scriptures, God is always doing something new. He is not a status quo God. And if you like status quo, then God's character doesn't match well with you because God's not a sit on it and we'll just see how it plays out. He's always doing something new. I read a book one time by a guy by the name of John Eldridge who wrote the books Wild at Heart and a few others. Some of you may know that book. You may not know his name. He used the term once, which I love. It says, God is gloriously wasteful. You go, What in the world does that mean? Every morning, like Lamentations 3 says, your mercies are new every morning. Do you realize that every day is different? God has never given us a day that's exactly the same as the day before. Every morning you wake up and the sun rises a little bit different. It rises in the same place, but it rises a little different. The clouds move in a slightly different way. The seasons change every year. The character of God never changes. The seasons don't change. The sun always rises, but there's always something new. There's something different about it every time because God does not sit on the same old, same old day after day after day. And he doesn't want his children to stay in the same place day after day after day. And For those of you who don't like change, can I just say we need to celebrate change? You know why? Because if it were not for change, we could not be saved. That's what he said, isn't it? In that passage we just read, he said, this is the blood, my blood of the new covenant. If it weren't for change, we couldn't be saved. We can celebrate a changed life. We can celebrate a new life like Paul described. Why? Because of change. God brought a new covenant. He wasn't satisfied to stick with the old one. He brought a new one so that we could be changed, so that we could be made new. He's always doing something new. And I say to you, based on the word of God this morning, embrace change. If it brings any glory to God, if it gives you the opportunity to speak of the goodness of God, if it gives you the opportunity to to reveal the character of God to somebody else in your life, embrace the change. Embrace the new Sometimes that'll come through brand new opportunities that are awesome and wonderful. Sometimes it comes through hard seasons of life that we didn't seek out, but through those opportunities, through those hard seasons of life, there is the opportunity to reveal God to the world around us. Sometimes in ways we we love, sometimes in ways we're not crazy about, but anytime we have the chance to glorify God in our life, in our mouth, in our actions, then we are embracing the change that God has brought so that we can lift his name. And we're getting ready to enter a brand new year. Some of you are like, man, man I'm, I'm glad we got a new year coming because last year was terrible. 2018 was horrible. And my, my football team just had a breakdown yesterday. It was terrible. Glad to see the season come to an end, which I hate to say that. Some of you, some of you look at, at your life in the last... 12 months and you go, man, I I can't wait for this thing to shut down and we get to a new season. There are some others, it's like, man, I, I just, I don't want to deal with the unknown that is ahead of me. Doesn't matter which side of the coin that you're on. It's coming. There's a new year coming. So you can't change view, you can't change change. So embrace it. And let God work in you and through you to reveal him in every situation. So one of the things that we learn from communion is that God is doing something new. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then 1 and 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verse 24, Paul is writing about the Lord's Supper to the church at Corinth and he says in verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So here's another lesson. See, Jesus was doing, making a new covenant. He's doing something new all the time. So it's looking forward. But communion is not just looking forward, it's also looking back. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So it's looking forward, but it's also looking back. And I think there's two really important things that we need to look back at. And I'll read these scriptures for you. They won't be on the screen, but we we need to not forget who we are and how much we need God, and we need to remember how good God is and what he's done for us. First one, Jeremiah chapter 44, verses nine through 10. Here's what Jeremiah the prophet wrote in Jeremiah 44. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers? The wickedness of the kings of Judah? The wickedness of their wives? Your own wickedness? And the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Have you forgot your own wickedness? Have you forgot just how far from God you actually were? And then Paul in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, he said, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ, and you are following a different way that pretends to be the good news? See, it's it's astonishing to me, and I have to check myself sometimes as well. How often we can get so comfortable in our own salvation and our own Christianity that we forget how much we needed Jesus. See, after you've been a, a, a follower of Christ for 20 or 30 years, or maybe longer, and you've really become a seasoned saint, and that may be your age, it may just be that you've been in, in Christ for that long and you're still middle-aged, but you're seasoned in your faith. It becomes real easy to start kind of patting yourself on the back, look how good I am. I got my stuff together. I'm glad I'm not like those other men. You might remember that phrase might sound a little familiar to you from a certain Pharisee that Jesus mentioned in the New Testament. I'm so glad I'm not like those other men. And it is very tempting for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time to look down our nose at other people who aren't at the same place that we are and go, man, I'm glad I'm not like them. And Jeremiah and Paul both said, did you forget? Have you forgotten just how much you need Jesus? Don't ever forget. When we come to the communion table, don't ever forget how much you needed what Jesus did. And then don't ever forget who God is and what he's done. Isaiah 46, 9. The prophet said, remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is no other I am God, and there is none like me. <laughs> How much clearer does it need to get? I'm God. There's no other, and there's none like me. And Psalm 105:5, the psalmist said, "Remember His marvelous works which He has done. Remember them." So we come to communion, and it is a remembrance. It is a remembrance of how lost we are without Jesus. It is a remembrance of how we could never save ourselves apart from Christ. And it is a remembrance of how big God is, how good He is, and how much He has done for us. One more thing turn back to chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. You're in verse, chapter 11. Just turn back one chapter to chapter 10. We'll look at verse 16 and 17. Paul said, "'The cup of blessing which we bless, "'is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? "'The bread which we break, "'is it not the communion of the body of Christ? "'For we, though many, are one bread.'" In one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Here's the last thing I want you to understand. Last lesson for this morning. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're partaking as a body. We are declaring by our participation that we are in union not only with Christ but with each other. We are many, but we are one. There is one body. And when we come to communion and we receive the elements, we are declaring that I am in union with Christ through salvation, and I am in union with my brothers and sisters in the faith. And as I was looking at this last verse, um, it really... Um, kind of spoke to my heart and I felt like on this last Sunday and we don't have a lot of time but I wanted to just give five or ten minutes for the body to speak to say what God is doing in your life let the redeemed of the Lord say so proclaim his goodness so I'm going to ask George to go over here I'm going to ask Rick to uh I'm patrol this side over here, and asking to take one minute, two minutes, maybe. And if God is working in your life and you're thankful for something, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Just stand up, and depending on where you are, George or Rick or myself will bring you a mic, and you can share what God is doing in your life.
1: Hey, everybody! I missed you guys. I haven't been here for quite some time. I've had a lot going on, but through the midst of everything, God is he's been working and he's still working. Um he's allowed me to work through some things that I needed to work through and also to to forgive and just just start anew and just look forward to the new year without looking back with regrets and everything and I want to thank you guys for all your prayers and just everything um and just you know reaching out and all that you you guys have been such an important part of my life and I want to thank you and and God you know I can't thank you enough and uh just thank you guys so much
0: amen After
2: not having my kids for three years, I got them returned home on Monday.
0: Amen. God.
2: I'm just going to share a little bit of my testimony. Um, All through like the beginning, I'm a senior in high school and like my first couple of years of high school, I really struggled with a lot of self-esteem issues, uh, I was very, very much low confidence and just didn't have anything going for me. I felt like the world was against me and like I didn't have any friends, but through this youth group, I've found a purpose and I've found what I want to do with the rest of my life and I just know that God's working in my life and He's been working in everyone or all the youth groups' lives. I've seen people change in ways that I never thought. I started losing some hope in some people, I'm not going to lie, like there was, but then God just kept changing lives and making things happen, and it's just opening my eyes big. Amen. All right, Carlin, you did a great job this morning on that, uh, lifting your hands, because Today I'm able to lift my hands for the first time in about a year and a half without any
0: pain. Amen. Yeah. And uh, I'm thankful for the doctors and I'm thankful for the prayers that you guys have given me. But, but you know, it just allows me the freedom to lift my hands to God without, without pain. So I'm giving him thanks for that today. Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, so kind of just what on um Dane had said um i've just I've watched a lot of these kids in modified youth um just really just some of them just from the person that they were last year to the person that they are this year just um it's just really encouraging, just even as an adult to watch them um just change and to be more open to what God has for their life and just to see some of them just really searching for that calling that, that God has placed on them and just just really being um, more obedient to that than what we have maybe seen in the past. And just, you know, I had kind of, so Rick had kind of gave us a heads up <laughs> that he was wanting some people to just say some things. And so I was earlier thinking, okay, well, what will I say? And um, I was just thinking like how just in our Wednesday night youth groups um, just how some of them so freely raise their hands and I would not have done that whenever I was their age and just so it's just really encouraging at their age to see them just not caring you know what the person beside them is thinking and um, it's just really an encouragement to me to get to be back there with them and just see them grow and that's it (laughs) Amen My name's
2: Lois Street. I am a impulsive runner. When I run into trouble, I run. My favorite song is "On the Road Again," and and God healed my heart in 2009. Nobody wanted to believe it, but He did. And I wondered why He's not healing my legs now, but I'm having to learn to be content in whatever state I find myself. And thank God for Orchardville Church because coming here. Has improved my outlook on learning to be content so much, and I thank God for this place.
0: Amen. All right, we're going to take two more, and that's it. So if you, you, you want to say something, you want to share what God's doing, this is your shot.
1: Well, um, my
0: God has been doing good things, um, He saved my life, and uh, just let everybody know that February the 7th through 11th, my girlfriend Allison is coming back um, to visit, and uh,
2: me and her been together for two years, and next year will be our third anniversary, so I, uh, I thank God what he's been doing on my behalf and, and save my girlfriend's life.
0: Amen. I'm going I'm to put one person on the spot. This will be the last one, but I just I f- feel like this is where we need to wrap this up. Aaron, I'm going to ask you to share something, brother.
2: About a year and a half ago, uh, I started coming here because my daughter wanted me to come. I told everybody that they would never get me in church. I, first 18 <laughs> years, my dad was a minister. So I got out of time served at 18, and I was never going back. <laughs> but uh so my daughter talked me into coming. And before that, for a half a year before that, I pestered this guy on Messenger all the time, talking to him about different stuff. And uh, he just kept telling me along with her, you know, just come and give it a try. See, if you don't like it, we're not going to, like, hog tie you to the chair or nothing. But everything in my life has completely turned around. And if I really believe, I know it was God, but this church saved mine and my family's life. Amen. I was on the verge of divorce. I was a horrible father, a 30-year alcoholic, and all my life's changed because of God. And I finally just started trusting him and everything fell into place, just like Rick said it would. Thank you.
0: That's the point of what we do. I'm going to give you a moment to come and finish the year well. Maybe you just need to make some things right with the Lord. Maybe you need to embrace something new, some change. Maybe you need to make sure that you're gods so we're going to sing a song in a moment and the altars are going to be open and man don't don't stay where you are if you need Jesus man what what's gone on in Aaron's life can happen for you if you already belong to God and you need a you need to embrace the new come and pray Let's finish well.